Lord Jesus, oh, praise you for this time. Oh, we just pray that you will open all of us to receive your breathing, that we will breathe yourself into us so that we can breathe you out to others. Lord, we praise you for this message. Oh, may you speak to all of us. Thank you, Lord, for such a time, Lord, where we can all come together to enjoy you, to allow us to be infused by you, Lord, to our mutual sharing, to our mutual dispensing of Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, our general subject is the crucial revelation of life in the scripture. And yesterday we covered the first message, how the bride of Christ come into being. You know, I was very touched by that message, especially with all the uh, verses that is in that message. So I suppose I go a little bit too long, but I hope you were touched by all those verses. Okay. And I really think that this message that was spoken last night, you know, is a very good uh, conclusion, a very good way for us to really bring the one new man into existence. This one new man comes. It's actually for the preparing of the bride, you know, so that we can bring the Lord back. And this morning I was talking to Ed Marks. I said, maybe you should write a shorter outline with not so many verses. <laughs> because you know, it touched me very much. And it goes out of this enjoyment of all these verses, come out the speaking. Amen. So this morning, I don't know how long it will take, but just uh, make sure we are all breathing in Christ. Amen. Okay, I will have my cell phone time me, just in case, you know. I have these marvelous apps that tell me a time really according to England. Okay. All right. So now we come to this second message. You know, uh, when we were planning this uh, conference, at first, you know, Ed Mark is suggesting that he covered two and four, and I covered one and three. Okay. So we are thinking about that. And uh, when I look at this message, the men of God with the breath of God, I was very touched by this message. Even some time ago, you know, this is not for this time, but I was very touched by this. So maybe the Lord uh, made my desire known to it. (laughs) So we fellowship further. And he said, how about I cover one and two? And he would cover three and four. And both three and four is actually in Romans 8. So praise the Lord. So I hope you will all come tonight and tomorrow morning so that we can touch one of the most important chapters in the Bible. You know, praise the Lord for this uh, message on the men of God with the breath of God. It sounds very good, right? But you know, this is according to the Bible. You know what verse it is from? Okay, if you go to 2 Timothy 3.16, it said, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. And if you go to 3.17, it said that the man of God may be complete. You know, so the man of God is complete by the breath of God. You know, so this, this uh, title is very, very touching. And if you go to the uh, 
Elders Training, Book 6, Chapter 9, in the crucial point of 2 Timothy, there is what brotherly mentioned about this point. He said we need to see the men of God with the breath of God. This breath of God is actually the scripture. It's the speaking of God. You know, praise the Lord. And if you go to Roman number one there, he said, God does not desire a good man, but a God man. What is a God man? A God man is a man of God with the breath of God. So don't you, this is wonderful. This is a message that is very, very important for all of us so that we can be the God men that would accomplish the eternal purpose of our Lord. Okay, we need to be the men of God with the breath of God. Oh, I just hope that the Lord will speak this into us very much. You know, when we come to this outline, first of all, we may think, as we some time ago, I think, I thought that, you know, there is only three breathings, three breathings. And the first breathing is in Genesis 2, 7. You know, when the Lord say, you know, Jehovah God formed men from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And men became a living soul. This is something that is totally different from all animals. No animal has the breath of God, but only man, human being, received this breath of life. You know, so with this breath of life, we are different because we are people with the spirit to contact God and to receive God. Because of such breathing of God into us, into our nostril, the breath of life, we become an entity, a person that has the Spirit of God, and we also become the living soul. So that's the first breathing. And if you come to, uh, to the part in John 20, 22, John 20, 22, it says, you know, when the Lord was resurrected, you know, he appears to the disciple, and he breathed into them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. There's the second breathing of how the Lord breathed this life-giving spirit into his disciple. This is after the Lord has gone through all the processes of being incarnated, going to human living, going to death and resurrection, and became the life-giving spirit. And now he could breathe himself into this disciple. You know, so praise the Lord, this disciple that has a human spirit, he now is able to receive the life-giving spirit into their human spirit. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord for this second, second breathing. But you may think, you know, that this second breathing already happened in the past. But praise the Lord, the Lord is still breathing. Amen. Don't you think that's wonderful? Amen. The Lord is still breathing today. Amen. That's why Paul in 2 Timothy 3.15 has to tell us, or 3.16, all spiritual the whole scripture is God breathed and is profitable for teaching, for conviction, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You know, today the Lord is breathing through the speaking of the word. You know, so that is the third breathing. This is the third breathing, how the Lord is still breathing today. 
Every day we need to come to the Word of God. We need to have our spirit touch the spirit that is in the Word of God, you know, to strike the fire that is in the Word of God, you know, so that we can receive the speaking from God. You know, He is breathing out, and we must make sure we are breathing in. He is exhaling in His speaking, and we must inhale His Word into us. Okay, I saw this some time ago. You know, but praise the Lord, when I come to this outline, I saw that there is a fourth breathing. You know, there is a fourth breathing. And the fourth breathing is actually, you could see from uh, Ezekiel 37, verse 10. Ezekiel 37, verse 10. You know, if you, you know, we have gone through some of this uh, crystallization study of Ezekiel, we know that there is you know, all the scattered bones, dry bones, you know, without life. And the Lord prophesied, I asked Ezekiel to prophesy to these dead bones, okay? So when you come to the church life and you think everyone is dead, don't be discouraged. <laughs> if you find everyone is dry, you know, and scattered, you know, you should praise the Lord. Because there is such verse in Ezekiel 37. And so... When Ezekiel receives such a speaking from the Lord, in verse 10 said, So I, Ezekiel, prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. You know, by prophesying, you know, we prophesy, we are actually breathing out the breath that we have received from the Lord. And by our receiving the breath of the Lord, and by breathing out, other people will also Receive the breath of God. Amen. Don't you think that is wonderful? Yeah. So he received the breath. You know, all these people, the breath came into them. And what happened? They lived. Praise the Lord. They live. All these dry bones live. Can you imagine? So don't ever be discouraged. You know, this dry bone can live if we actually prophesy. If we breathe out this very God. Okay. And so what it says, and they live, and not just live. You know, it's not a living in the ICU. You know, it's a living that can stand up. Okay. You know, some people in ICU, I saw them, they are living, but barely living. You know, but these people actually stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. You know, this is what the Lord is after. On one hand, he wants us to express him. On the other hand, he wants us to have his dominion to defeat his enemy. We need to be raised up as a great, exceedingly great army. Oh, to defeat the enemy, to bring in the kingdom of God. Oh, praise the Lord for what he is doing. You know, this full breathing is so touching to me. You know, that today, you know, we have a human spirit. Hallelujah. So if people ever tell you that you're a descendant of a monkey, you know, you better read to him. Genesis 2, 7. We are not monkeys. We are human beings with the spirit of God so that we can touch God, so that we can receive God. And praise the Lord, he breathed himself into us. What he did, you know, in his incarnation, in all the processes, so that he become the life-giving spirit is so that he can breathe himself into us. And today, every day, every day of our life, we should come back to the Word of God so that he can continuously breathe himself into us. 
and the more he breathed himself into us, the more we will be like him Amen. in life, in nature. Amen. Oh, but not in the Godhead. And we can actually express him and we can be one with him in his dominion to crush the earth. Oh, I just hope that the Lord would touch us very much. You know, I was telling the brothers earlier, you know, when I came across this message, you know, some time ago, you know, only on the three breathings, but today we have four breathings, which is very good. You know, I was visiting the village of my parents, okay? And um, my grandparents and my mother, they are all recognized as Christian in their village. Okay, and they go to a meeting hall in the village. So when we went and visit the, actually the officials of the, uh, the, the, the city, the village, and the county, you know, several of them, four or five of them, and came and talked to me, he said, you know, tomorrow is the Lord's day. Would you be willing to speak in the meeting hall that your parents used to meet? Oh, I was a little concerned, you know. So I asked him, you know, should I give you a draft as to what we are going to speak so that you can approve it before we speak? He said, no, 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 don't need approval. We are very open. He said, but we need to tell you, though, that in the front row, you know, all of us will be sitting there. <laughs> you know, all of us will be sitting there. He said, that's the front row. Okay, you know what message we spoke about? We spoke about the three breathing. Amen. Praise the Lord, we have a human spirit. Amen. And praise the Lord, our human spirit is created so that we can receive the spirit of God. Amen. You know, the process and consummated triune God. And today we can continue to receive the word of God through all his speaking. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, I was quite surprised that after we spoke, you know, the whole congregation stood up and called on the name of the Lord. Amen. Oh, for a good 10, 15 minutes. Wow. Oh, they were just calling on the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, if we receive the breath of God, we will call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Nobody has to really teach us to call on the name of the Lord. You know, praise the Lord for what he is doing. This is a marvelous uh, message. Okay, let's go to, uh, you know, when we look at this, you know, especially in Ezekiel, we could say that Ezekiel also, you know, in, in addition to Paul, in addition to Timothy, is actually a man of God with the breath of God. Don't you think that's wonderful? Okay, he prophesied, you know, and because of that, he was able to prophesy God into the people. Even then, at the Old Testament, he was able to do that. And today, we need to ask the Lord to make us the men of God with the breath of God. So that we too could prophesy, we too could breathe out this very God, you know, for the building up of the body of Christ. Roman number one said, God's ultimate intention is to gain a corporate God, men, for his corporate manifestation. God does not desire a good man, but a God man. What is a God man? It's a man of God with the breath of God. 
Praise the Lord. We are the men of God with the breath of God. And this is what we talked about yesterday in 1 Timothy 3.16. This is the great mystery of godliness. Well, God could be expressed in the flesh. First of all, when the Lord Jesus was here on earth, he as the individual person expressed God in the flesh. But praise the Lord, because of his breathing himself into us, today as the church, we too can express God in the flesh. We as the church, the corporate God-men, can actually express or manifest God in the flesh. Oh, praise the Lord. This is a great mystery. Praise the Lord. The Lord is showing us what this great mystery is. It's you and me able to manifest God today in our flesh. Don't you think that's wonderful? Okay, this is not a, act, this is not a performance. This is actually allowing this God as a life-giving spirit to live out of us. Okay, A here said, Jehovah God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a life-giving spirit. Good, this is the first breathing. The breath of life breathed into man's body, became the spirit of man, the human spirit. Okay, you know when we talk about Genesis 2-7, when he breathed into us the breath of life. This breath of life, this word breath, is, uh, I believe in Hebrew is nashama, which is the same word as in Proverbs 20-27. Proverbs 20-27 is talking about the spirit of men is the Lamb of Jehovah. So this breath of life is actually the spirit of man. When he breathed himself into us, we have the human spirit. You know, we have the spirit of man. Okay? And in Job 22, 32, it said, there is a spirit in man. Don't you think that is wonderful? There is a spirit in man. Amen. You know, when we come to words like this, we need to praise the Lord very much. Amen. You know, we can be some animal that has no way to touch God. You know, but praise the Lord, we are not just some animals. We are human beings with a human spirit. Amen. And we could actually touch God. Amen. We can converse with God. Amen. We can talk with God. Amen. We can contain God. Amen. Wonderful. Amen. And in Germany, we will say, wunderbar. <laughs> praise the Lord. Oh, this is a wonderful thing that we have a human spirit that could touch the spirit of God. And two here says, the breath of God breathed into man's body was not the eternal life of God or the spirit of God, but because the human spirit came out of God's breath of life, it is very close to the spirit of God. And you may say, how do you find this? You know, if you go to Genesis 2, 8 and 9, you could see, you know, after he breathed into the human being, that he now have a human spirit, the Lord still have to put them in the Garden of Eden, and in that Garden of Eden, there is a tree of life. You know, the purpose is so that men could take him as their eternal life. So this spirit that is in men, you know, in Genesis 2, 7, is actually talking about the spirit of men, which is very close to the Spirit of God. That's why we can contact God. That's why we can receive God. Okay? And then uh, three here said, 
Thus, there can be a transmission. There can be a transmission between God the Spirit and man's spirit. Oh, praise the Lord. There can be such a transmission. And the human spirit is able to contact God and be one with God. The human spirit is able, praise the Lord, we are able to contact God. Oh, we are able to contact God. Okay? And be one with God. Okay? So, you know, when we come to this matter, you know, we need to praise the Lord. Okay? That uh, we as human beings actually can contact God. And because we contact God, God was able to transmit himself into us, you know, to cause us, you know, to not just have the judicial redemption, but to also have the organic salvation, to have the organic salvation. And I was touched when this, uh, this uh, message was uh, pointed out that uh, it's good for us to see the secret of organic salvation, you know, which the brother he shared in this book called The Secret of God's Organic Salvation. And what is the secret of God's organic salvation? You know what that is? I think we all know the secret. The secret is the spirit himself without spirit. Amen. Okay? So remember the secret. It's the spirit himself with our spirit. Amen. And if you come to this, uh, this message here, it actually is talking about what is this, what is this spirit within our spirit. You know, it is a wonderful thing for us to see that the spirit within our spirit, the secret of God's organic salvation, include all this aspect of the spirit. What we receive is this all-inclusive, life-giving spirit. Okay, so there is nine points here. You know, the first one is, this spirit is the generating spirit in our spirit. It quickened by Christ, uh, regenerated us, giving us authority to be the children of God, begotten of God. We are born of God by this generating spirit. And the second one is the nourishing spirit in our spirit, cherished by Christ, feeds us with spiritual milk of the word that we may grow unto salvation. And thirdly, this spirit that is in our spirit is the sanctifying spirit, the sanctifying spirit from our spirit, captivated by Christ, sanctified us with the nature of God, making us holy unto God. And this spirit is also the renewing spirit in our spirit, indwelled by Christ, renew us, that we may put on the new man through the breaking of the cross. This spirit is also the transforming spirit in our spirit, filled with Christ, transform us into the glorious image of Christ for his expression. This spirit is also the building spirit in our spirit, processed by Christ, builds us into the house of God and the body of Christ for their dwelling. This spirit is also the maturing spirit. Now, this is the secret that we all have to know. This spirit that is in our spirit is a tremendous spirit. It's also the maturing spirit in our spirit, enriched with Christ, conform us to the image of Christ, the firstborn son of God, the model of God's son. And this spirit is also the sealing spirit in our spirit, exalting with Christ, saturate us with and bring us into the glory of God 
for our glorification. These are all aspects of our organic salvation, which is done by this indwelling spirit. Okay, and lastly, you know, this, you know, this spirit is also the one that brings in the intensified salvation. The intensified spirit in our spirit, drawn by the Lamb, motivate us to overcome the degradation of the church for the body of Christ to consummate the new Jerusalem. Oh, praise the Lord for this indwelling spirit. You know, this is the spirit that we need. So all these points that we are talking about actually involve the spirit with our spirit. Okay? And of course, we know that this spirit that we are talking about, you know, is not the spirit of God, but the consummated spirit. The spirit who has passed through the processes of incarnation, human living, crucifixion, and resurrection. You know, praise the Lord for this spirit in our spirit. Okay, this is the one that is brought, that's breathed into us. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, where am I? Three. And it be that he breathed into them and said to them, receive the holy pneuma. This is the second breathing. You know? He breathed into them and said to them, receive the holy pneuma. The holy pneuma is the Holy Spirit or the holy breath. In the Gospel of John, there are three wonderful words, word, flesh, and breath. The word was God, the flesh is man, and the breath is spirit. Okay, the flesh, uh, okay, here is the, the uh, word flesh and breath. These are the three very crucial words in the Gospel of John. The word is God, okay? And the flesh is man, and the breath, the breath is actually the spirit. Oh, praise the Lord. God came in the word to enter into man so that we can have the spirit. We can have the breath of the spirit. You know, John is a very, very important book in the Bible. And praise the Lord for this gospel of John, who was actually written very late you know, among all the gospel, the last book of the gospel. But here when we come to this uh, gospel of John, it is good to us to see that this gospel of John was divided into three sections. It's divided into three sections. If you go to John 1 to 17, chapter 1 to 17, it is talking about God among men. You know, John, is, uh, John 1 to 17 is talking about God among men. And when you go to John 18 and 19, it is talking about life in death. Life in death. But when you come to the last two chapters, John 20 and 21, you are talking about the spirit in resurrection. The spirit in resurrection. It is the spirit in resurrection that was actually breathed into us in John 20, 22. You know, praise the Lord. The Lord did all this so that he can become the life-giving spirit, so that he can breathe himself into us. Today, we are men of God with the breath of God. Okay? So, three years said the word became flesh to accomplish judicial redemption. And then resurrected to become the holy breath indwelling us. 
in supplying us with our organic salvation. Okay, this word became flesh to accomplish something, accomplish judicial redemption. And this word was also resurrected to become the holy breath, indwelling us and supplying us with our organic salvation. I think if we are in the Lord's recovery for some time, we know that there is this matter of judicial redemption. We also know that there is this matter of organic salvation. Judicial redemption is a process that will bring us into the organic salvation. You know, some brothers tells us that judicial redemption is like an escalator. You know, you go into it and it brings you to the top floor. And the top floor is the organic salvation. You know, praise the Lord for the judicial redemption that we can be brought into this organic salvation. You know, in this judicial redemption, of course, include the forgiveness of our sin, the cleansing of all the unrighteousness. It also includes recon uh, reconciliation, you know, so that we can become actually the friend of God, just like Abraham. We become the friend of God, okay? But we are also positionally sanctified, and we are also justified according to them, according to him, to his standard. And this standard of righteousness is actually Christ himself. You know, praise the Lord for this judicial redemption. But praise the Lord, you know, we should not stop there. That's why in Romans 5.10, it says, you know, there is a much more salvation. You know, much more we will be saved in his life, having been reconciled. So reconcile. After reconciliation, we still need to receive much more salvation through the organic salvation. Okay, and a while ago when we read those uh, in the secret of God's organic salvation, all those points are talking about the organic salvation. Okay, now we come to C. C here is talking about the third breathing. All scripture is God breathed. The scripture, the word of God, is the breathing out of God. The scripture, the word of God, is the breathing out of God. You know, so every time when we come to the word of God, we need to have a proper understanding of what this word of God is. You know, if we have the proper attitude when we come to the word of God, he is breathing out and we need to breathe him in. He's exhaling, yeah, exhaling and we need to inhale him. The scripture, the word of God, is the breathing out of God. God speaking is God's breathing out. Hence, his word is spirit or breath. His word is speaking. Uh, his word is breath. Okay, that's why in John 6, 63, he said, The words which I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The words that I spoke is life and spirit. Praise the Lord. And three here says, thus the scripture is the embodiment of God as the spirit. The spirit is therefore the very essence, the substance of the scripture, just as phosphorus is essential substance in matches. Okay, listen to this. We must strike the spirit of the scripture with our spirit to catch the divine fire. Okay, when we come to the word of God, we must strike. We must strike with our spirit the scripture, so that we can actually catch 
the divine fire. Amen. You know, this is the fire that the Lord wants. Okay? Oh, Lord Jesus. So I just hope that the Lord would touch us very much. You know, every time we come to the Word, you know, I just praise the Lord that this Word of God is not only recorded, it's not only written, it is interpreted, you know, and today we could actually come and strike the match, the spirit of the Word, so that we can all catch the divine fire. When we catch the divine fire of the Word, we will not be the same. Don't you think so? We will not be the same. Okay. And then uh, three here says, no. Okay, D. D is saying, this all reveals that being a man of God, being a man of God with the breath of God, requires the exercise of our spirit, the continual receiving by, of the spirit, and the breathing in of God's word. Okay, praise the Lord. You know, this all reveals that being a man of God with the breath of God, being the real God man that we are talking about, require the exercise of our spirit. Praise the Lord. We can exercise our spirit. You know, if you imagine for years and years, probably most Christians doesn't know how to exercise their spirit. Don't you think so? You know, they don't know. You know, say, yeah, yeah, we have to exercise. But how? You know, it's not a matter of knowing. It's the matter of seeing how we can actually exercise our spirit. And praise the Lord, we know. Starting in 1968, I could never re forget all the speaking in 1968 regarding and calling on the name of the Lord. Don't you think that is wonderful? Oh, that is a wonderful revelation that was brought into the Lord's recovery. Oh, we can actually, we can actually call on the name of the Lord. I could still remember when this was first year in 1968, I was a little offended. Because I said, you know, our God is not deaf. Why need to call him so loud? If we think about it, the Lord already knows. So why do we call? You know, but probably one time sure that he actually went through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation and found out that this is actually being done, you know, all throughout the Bible. You know, praise the Lord. We can call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Okay, so today we don't have to analyze things. All we have to do is call on his name. Amen. Okay, and he will be so rich to us just by our calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. And then, brother and sister, I could testify to you that without this matter of calling on the name of the Lord, I may be physically dead by now. And that is true. <laughs> okay? I was so sick once. But then my mother forced me to call the name of the Lord for half an hour. <laughs> and the Lord actually gave life to my mortal body. Amen. Even the doctor was so shocked that this happened. You know, so praise the Lord for calling you the name of the Lord. But that is not just a matter of our physical thing. If I did not call on the name of the Lord, I would never have gone on with the Lord because the Lord would not be so real to me. But praise the Lord, when we call on him, we receive him. Don't you think that is wonderful? We can receive him. He becomes so real to us. Oh, this is a wonderful thing that is discovered, 
you know, during the 60s. Okay, and we can actually pray read the word of God. Oh, we can pray read the word. Just like what we say, we strike the spirit that is in the word of God to obtain the divine fire in the word of God. You know, we could also recover this matter of singing to the Lord. You know, we can sing to the Lord. We can sing to the Lord. You know, so many times actually singing is a very good practice to touch our spirit. Don't you think so? It's a very good speed. You know, when I was uh, uh, traveling between North California and South California, you know, I, I was studying in North California, you know, but L.A. is in South California. And so I go to L.A. quite a bit, you know. But uh, one day, you know, when I was driving there alone in I-5, you know, in those days, I-5 is a very boring interstate. There is nothing. And so they warn you, you have a full tank of gas because there's no gasoline station. You know, you have to make sure you have full gas and then you go in. So I was there and then the Lord touched me with this hymn and I start singing. I sing this hymn, Jesus is the Lord and he lives in me. Yes. Oh, I must have sang that hymn for 10, 20 times. The more I sing, the more I touch the Lord. So even I was driving from Northern California to L.A., I was actually weeping before the Lord. You know, I could never forget about the time when my spirit actually struck the spirit of the Lord. Amen. I was filled with the love of the Lord that how this Lord, who is the creator of heaven and earth, would actually go through all those processes you know, so that he can come into us and lives within me. Amen. Oh, I really praise the Lord. You know, singing is a very good thing. You know? So we need to learn from Dick Taylor. We need to learn from so many people. You know, we need to sing so much to the Lord. You know, it is very, very good to sing to the Lord. You know, and in our, in our church life, we have so many hymns that are so wonderful. You know, some people think that I'm always so optimistic. But I tell you, when I was growing up, I was very pessimistic. I always sing songs like, nobody knows the troubles I've got. <laughs> because I really think that the whole world is full of trouble. Oh, but praise the Lord, you know. But there is one person that knows, and he is in our spirit. We actually can turn to our spirit. We don't have to turn to our mind. We turn to our mind. Everything is chaotic. We turn to our spirit and we can touch the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. We can sing to the Lord. And praise the Lord. We can also praise the Lord. And that is in Psalm 119, you know, 164. There it says, you know, David, seven times a day would praise the Lord, you know. Seven times a day, we'll praise the Lord. And I believe Watchman Nee was the one who told us, don't let David beat us in praising the Lord. So at least every day, we praise eight times. Okay? David prays seven times in the Old Testament. Now we are in the New Testament. We need to praise the Lord at least eight times. It's better to have more. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, so we can actually exercise our spirit, but not just to exercise our spirit once in a while. We need to continually receive the spirit. You know, we need to breathe in the, uh, God's word. You know. 
okay? Oh, we need to come to hear the word of God so that we can have faith in the word of God, you know, okay, through our hearing of faith. You know, this is what a proper meeting should be. A proper meeting is we all come here to hear, okay? We all come here, H-E-R-E, to H-E-A-R, okay? So if people ask you, you know, what are you doing this Saturday? You say, you are coming to the Lord to hear his word. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, he is so gracious to us that he will give us so much speaking. And praise the Lord, we are not in the Old Testament. We are not in the year of the judges where the word of the Lord is rare. Oh, today the word of the Lord is so rich. So we must pray to the Lord that he would open our ears so that we can hear what the Lord is speaking, what the Spirit is speaking to the churches. We want to hear what the Lord is speaking. So, you know, every time we come to a meeting, such as such a meeting, we are here to hear what the Lord is speaking. We are not here to hear what the Lord is speaking to other people. You know, so many times we think, you know, this person needs it, that person needs it. But we must see that we need it. We need the direct speaking of the Lord, the instant speaking of the Lord, the personal speaking of the Lord to us. Because this is what we need so that we can be a man of God with the breath of God. Okay, let's come to Roman number two. The antidote of this divine inoculation against the decline of the church is the God-breathed scripture, which is profitable for teaching, conviction, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. Amen. Okay, and A here says, the Bible is God-breathed. This breath is the Spirit, and the Spirit gives life. Our reading of the Bible should be our inhaling of God to receive life. And our teaching of the Bible should be our exhaling of God to impart life. Okay, our reading of the Bible should be inhaling of God. And since God is spirit, we must exercise our spirit to inhale God who is spirit. Okay, so every time we come, we need to inhale God to receive life and, you know, so that we can also exhale him to others. Okay, and then two here says, we need to read the Bible by means of all prayer and petition in the spirit to inhale God and minister the word as the spirit to exhale God into others. Okay, we read the word in an atmosphere of prayer. You know, this is how we read the word because this word is the spirit and it is life. You know, we must read it with constant prayer to the Lord that we can receive the spirit and life that is in the word, you know. By means of all prayers, this prayer is our inhaling. By means of all prayer and petition in the spirit to inhale God, okay? Inhale God is through our prayer so that we can inhale God and we could also minister the word to others that is the exhaling of God into others, okay? You know, when you come to verses like uh, Ephesians 6, 17, he said, the Spirit is the Word of God, 
in my means of all prayer and petition. Now, by means of all prayer. So how do you receive the Spirit, which is the Word of God? It's by means of all prayer and petition. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay? And when we minister, according to 2 Corinthians 3.6, we minister not of the letter, but of the Spirit. So we receive the Spirit by exercising of Spirit, and we minister the Spirit by the exercise of our Spirit. You know, we minister the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Okay, in Psalm 119, 130, it's very wonderful. He said, the opening of, words, of your words give life, imparting understanding to the simple. So let's keep ourselves simple so that we can have the imparting of the word of God. Okay, in 119, verse 133, says, establish my footstep in your word. And do not let any iniquity, iniquity have dominion over me. Oh, praise the Lord. And then in verse 140, it says, Your word is very pure, and your servant loves it. Your word is very pure, and your servant loves it. Oh, praise the Lord. From the uh, testimony of the brothers before us, who was very much used by the Lord, they all loved the word of God. So may we open ourselves entirely to the Lord. You know, that the Lord would actually give us the love for his word. You know, if you love the Lord, you must love his word. You know, this word is God being infused into us. Okay, we must love his word. Praise the Lord. Okay, B. On God's side, the Bible is God's breathing. On our side, the Bible is for us to receive the breath of God as our prophet in four matters, teaching, conviction, correction, and instruction in righteousness. And then one said, teaching equals revelation. You know, a proper teaching must equal revelation. To teach is to roll away the veil so that others may see something of the trying God and his economy. Something could be, you know, something... Uh, we may, other may see something of the trying God in his uh, economy. You know, this uh, Ephesians 3.9 is a wonderful verse here. It talks about what Paul is doing is to enlighten all that may, may see what the economy of the mystery is, which throughout the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things, who created all things. You know, if you look at this verse and really... Uh, pray this to the Lord. You would see, you know, what Paul is doing here is to enlighten all that they will see the eternal economy of God. That means, you know, if we do not know the economy of God, we would not really know the Bible. Okay? The key to understand the Bible is the understanding of the economy of God. Okay? And, you know, here we have a verse in Job 10, 13, which says, You have hidden this thing in your heart. I know that this is with you. You know, Job cannot understand so many things. I still remember when I was uh, taking English literature, actually. You know, we studied Job. And, you know, our professors said, We do not understand why people suffer. 
And he goes on and on talking about this. You know, praise the Lord, we have the key to understand what human beings are going through is the economy of God. You know, how God created man so that he can work himself into us to make us the same as he is in life and in nature so that we can express him, so that we can have his dominion. Everything is a is arranged according to this. So may the Lord really show us, reveal to this, this thing about the economy of God so that we can understand what the Lord is speaking to us. Okay, and two here say, conviction comes from the revelation we have seen. Whenever we see something of God, we realize our mistakes, wrongdoing, shortcoming, and sin, and result in that we are convicted and reproved the more we see God, know God, and love God. Okay, when we receive such things, the more we will see God, we will know God, and we will love God. Okay, then the more we see God, the more real our God would be to us. Okay, yeah. Oh, praise the Lord for all these verses, you know. I love to read all these verses to you, but you may take us up to tomorrow. <laughs> but praise the Lord. You know, you can all read it, you know. We all have the same Bible. Okay. Yeah, you know, when we uh, come to uh, Job, you know, Job there, you know, was wondering, you know, what happened. But when he actually see God, you know, he knows that uh, like in Job 42, 5, towards the end. He said, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I uphold myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. You know, if we really see God, we would also see who we are. We would uphold ourselves, and we would repent in dust and ashes. You know, just like what I shared a while ago, in 1968, I was really in trouble with the Lord because I, don't, I do not quite understand or do not quite know whether God is real or not. And so I had that much transaction with him. And by calling him the name of the Lord, it seemed like the Lord has appeared to me in a very vivid way. You know, that Lord's Day morning at the Lord's table, it seemed like the Lord was just beside me you know, speaking to me. And after that, I spent a month, you know, wondering, you know, just like what Job is saying. I just uphold myself because everything I see in myself doesn't meet the requirement of the Lord. Oh, I kept praying to the Lord, asking the Lord to really forgive me for all things, you know. And it is really something like what Job is describing him. You know, now that I've seen him, I uphold myself, I repent in dust and ashes for many days. You know, when I was walking in the universities, it's as if I'm a zombie, don't know what to do, you know. you know. But praise the Lord. That is how the Lord touched me so much, you know, that I would turn myself to him, okay? And then uh, let's come to three. Correction follows conviction in a, is a matter of setting right what is wrong, turning someone to the right way, and restoring to an upright state. And false instruction in righteousness is to be divinely instructed to enjoy Christ, 
as are live out righteousness and to be divinely disciplined in being right with God and with men. Don't you think that is wonderful? What is our instruction? Our instruction is to enjoy Christ. Amen. That's a wonderful instruction. Instruction in righteousness is to be divinely instructed to enjoy Christ as our live out righteousness and to be divinely disciplined in being right with God and with men. Okay, how about let's read C. The issue of God's breathing out of himself through scripture, teaching, conviction, correction, and instruction in righteousness is that the man of God becomes complete, fully equipped for every good work. Amen. Oh, that the man of God may be complete. Okay. So we need to come to the word of God in an atmosphere of prayer, okay? You know, when we say we, we come to read the Word of God, I don't know how you read it, you know. It is good as we are reading it, we are reading the Word of God, we are also talking to God, okay? We are talking to God. You know, we are having all this short prayer to God. You know, so if there is something, we pray to God. And this is what prayer reading is all about, you know. We pray, we read, we read and pray. You know, pray, pray, read, 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 pray, pray. You know, this is what Broly shared in Chinese. You know, you know, that we need to pray and read, read and pray all the time so we could actually touch the Word of God in such a way. You know. A man of God is a God-man, one who partakes of God's life and nature. That's being one with God in his life and nature and thereby expressing him. God's breathing produces God-man. We need to continually inherit the trying God by reading the scripture with prayer to receive revelation, conviction, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Okay, then let's come to Roman number three. He said to receive the word of God as the breath of God in order to be constituted with God is also to receive the word of God as the word that's a sword of the spirit in order to slay God's adversary. In order to slay God's adversary. Okay. And A here says, Satan is not only the enemy outside of us, but also the adversary inside of us. To deal with this inward adversary, we need to experience the killing power of the word. Praying over the constant word of God so that it becomes the instant word of the Spirit for the preparation of the bride of Christ. You know, that means every time we come to the constant word of God, every time we come to the Bible, we need to convert the constant word into the instant word by the exercising of our spirit. This is how the bride is prepared. We need to convert the logos into rima, into the personal word, into the instant word, into the present word of the Lord to us, you know, so that we can be prepared as the bride of Christ. Okay? Yeah, and we talk about this in Ephesians 5, 26, 27, you know, about the washing of the water in the word. That word is rima. Then we can be the church that we can be presented to Christ glorious, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Okay, that we will be holy and without blemish. 
You know, we need to come to the word of God. Okay, B here said, the sword, the spirit, and the word are one. The soul, the spirit, and the word are one. When the constant word in the Bible becomes the instant word, the applied word spoken at the moment by the spirit in any situation, that word is the spirit as the sword that kills the adversary. That kills the adversary. You know, we know that this adversary is also inside of us. You know, so when we say we want to use the sword of the Spirit, actually we need to point that sword to ourselves, you know, to kill the adversary that is inside of us, okay? To kill the adversary that is inside of us. And then see, you said, the more we take the Word of God by means of all prayer in Spirit, the more the negative element in our being are slain. Praise the Lord, our negative element in us can be slain by the word of God. Eventually, the self, the worst foe of all, the enemy of the body, will be put to death. Okay, will be put to death. You know, we have to exercise this sword of the spirit. And then he, D here says, whenever we are troubled by anything, by something negative within us, we should take the word of God by means of all prayer in spirit. When the negative things in us are killed through prayer reading, the Lord is victorious. The Lord is victorious. You know, when negative comes, you know, don't try to analyze things. Don't try to analyze your own behavior. Don't analyze, you know, why things happen. Turn to the Word of God. Pray, read the Word of God. Then the Lord will be victorious in you. The Lord will be victorious in you. Okay, so now we come to E. We come to E. He said, we are preserved in the church life and in the ministry by receiving the Word as the Spirit to be the killing sword, which is a spiritual antibiotic to kill the germs within us so that we can live a healthy body, a healthy body life, a healthy church life. Okay? We are preserved in the church life and in this ministry by receiving the word as the spirit to be the killing sword. You know, in the uh, full-time training, you know, many times, many times, the trainees actually ask questions like this, you know. He said, we have heard about different things. How do we preserve ourselves in the Lord's recovery? Because they have heard of turmoils. They have heard of people leaving the church life. They have heard about this. So actually, they are quite concerned. He said, how do we maintain ourselves in the Lord's recovery? You know, because negatives will come. You know, so what do we do? We must take the word of God, you know, by means of our prayer so that he would be victorious. The Lord will be victorious. And like what we just say, we are preserved in the church life and in the ministry by receiving the word as a spirit to be the killing sword, to be the killing sword. You know, uh, probably talk about, you know, how we come to the word of God how we need to inhale the Lord as the Word of God and then exhale the Lord as the Word of God. And he spoke about this in this uh, book called Teaching, uh, uh, Teacher's Training, in his book called Teacher's Training. And there is some speaking here that is so wonderful. So I may try to read some of this. I may read some of this, you know. 
Uh, you know, we are talking about Ephesians 6, 17. You know, how we use the sword of God, you know, the sword of the word. Okay, so if you go to this uh, teacher's training, this is a very wonderful word, uh, book. You know, I hope that all of you would be willing to get into it. And if you start from page 21, and under the title, Understanding Ephesians 6, 17, Experientially, he said, I would ask you to consider how, in a practical way, the word of the Bible can become the sword of the Spirit for fighting against the enemy. For fighting against the enemy. And then he continues to say, we need to realize that things such as our opinion, thought, temper, emotion, natural life, and point of view are often used by the powers of darkness in the air that damage the body life. Quite often, we are offended, not due to the wrongdoings of others, but simply due to our emotion and opinion. You know, suppose an older brother speaks a word to a particular sister, and she is offended because of her emotion. Then the evil power in the air comes in to take advantage of her emotion, and she determines not to forget. You know, how many times we do that? We determine not to forget. Not to forget that she has been offended. Apparently, the problem is her emotion. Actually, the problem is that her emotion has been taken over by the evil force in the air. This means that the real enemy is not the sister's emotion, but the evil spirit in the air that take advantage of her emotion in order to damage the church life. If the enemy is to be defeated in this situation, the sister must learn to receive the word as the spirit, which becomes the sword to deal with the enemy. Okay, and then Raleigh continued. His brother said, I am not a marble man, a marble person, but and cannot be offended. I've often been offended by others in the church life. I think that is very nourishing to me. The brother could be offended too. Okay. And he says, let me repeat that. I've often been offended by others in the church life or in my family life. How have I been able to get through all the offenses? I get through by receiving the word as the spirit. Oh, the word I receive as the spirit then becomes a sword to slay the enemy. Apparently, the sword of the spirit kills my emotion. Actually, it kills the evil spirit in the air who takes advantage of my emotion. Whereas my emotion is killed directly, the evil the evil spirit is killed indirectly. In this way, I've been able to get through the offenses. How many of us has been offended? Well, <laughs> better not tell me. But <laughs> there is a way for us to kill this enemy, which is actually the evil one in the air. Without the word of the spirit to be the killing sword, there will be no way for us to be kept in the church life. Over the years, for more than half a century, I have been traveling, visiting the churches, and contacting thousands of saints. Without the word as the spirit to kill the enemies, I would not still be here ministering. 
if I have allowed myself to remain offended with certain church or saints, I would have been finished with the ministry. I've been kept in the church life and in the ministry through the killing of the word as the spirit. Okay, let's read, read some more. Huh? According to Paul's word towards the end of Ephesians, a book concerning the church, we need to receive the word of God in a living way. That is, receive the word as the spirit. The spirit will then become the killing sword. This sword first kills us directly and then kills the power of darkness in the air indirectly. We may compare this kind of killing to the effect of an antibiotic on the germs that cause illness in our body. In order for our body to be saved, the germs need to be killed by an antibiotic. The word that we receive in a living way as the spirit is a spiritual antibiotic that kills the germs within us. When the germs are killed, the evil forces, the evil forces in the air have no way to take advantage of us. Then we can live a healthy body life a healthy church life. Amen. This is the way I have been preserving the church life and in my ministry for so many years. Apart from the killing through the word of the Spirit, my ministry would have been terminated. Once again, I would emphasize that we need to receive the word of God in a living way so that in our experience, the Spirit becomes the killing sword. When the word becomes the spirit, the spirit becomes the sword, the sword of the spirit that kills the germs in us and the evil spirits in the air. In this way, the body, the church life, and our ministry are saved. There will, this will enable our ministry to have a long life. However, the ministry of certain brothers has not lasted long. In their situation, it was their ministry and not the enemy that was killed. Now, this are very good words. So I just hope that the Lord would continue to speak all this to us. Okay. Now let's go. F here says, The overcomers keep the Lord's word by always coming to the Lord to contact him as the living word in the written word so that he can become the applied word as the dispensing spirit in him, in them. You know? And this is what the Lord talks about Philadelphia. You know? They have a little power and have kept his word, and have not denied his name. You know, may we use our best, you know, to keep the word of God. You know, to say amen to the word of God. And do not deny the name of God. Only the name of God, only the name of our Lord counts. Or other name doesn't count. Okay, in Jesus, the overcomer are fully constituted with the spirit as the word of God to be the bride of Christ and the new man, the corporate man of God with the breath of God as the killing sword for the destruction of the enemies of God and the manifestation of the sons of God. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay, and this is what 2 Corinthians, 2 Thessalonians 2.8 is saying, that the lawless one will be revealed. Okay, and the Lord Jesus was slain by the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the manifestation of his coming. This is when the Lord comes. Okay, now let's come to the fourth breathing. Roman number four is talking about the fourth breathing. Ezekiel 37, one to four reveals how God's spirit as the bread comes into us in order to enliven us so that we can become a corporate body formed into an army, okay? For A here says, the vision of the dry bones 
shows that before God came in to renew and regenerate us, we were not only sinful and filthy, we were not only sinful and filthy, but also dead and buried in graves of various sinful, worldly, religious things. We were like dead and dry bones, disjointed, scattered, having no oneness. Isn't that describe our situation? You know, we are dead, we are dry. We are disjointed, and we are scattered. Okay, having no oneness. Whether we were an unsaved sinner or a backsliding, uh, backsliding student believer, this was our situation. Not only unbelieving sinners need to be delivered from their graves, but even many brothers, including me and us, we need to be revived and delivered from death and from their graves. Today, many Christians are buried in the graves of denominations, division, independent groups, and different movements. Formerly, we were in such graves, dead, dry, scattered, disjointed, and not connected to anyone. But the Lord is the Savior of the dead. Praise the Lord. The Lord is the Savior of the dead. God's word here is to cause a dead person to become a living person. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, we need to come and hear the voice of the Son of God so we can be enlivened. And then see here's Ezekiel prophesying, Ezekiel 37, was not a matter of predicting, but a matter of speaking forth, declaring something of the Lord. This is something of the breathing out of what he has received from Jehovah. When Ezekiel spoke forth, God gives people the spirit. God gives people the spirit. You know, verse 10 in 37 said, And so I prophesied. Verse 14, so, And I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. Okay, and two said, The main meaning of prophesying in the Bible is not to predict, but to speak forth the Lord, to minister the Lord to people. Oh, this is a wonderful word. He who prophesied builds up the church. Oh, this is a wonderful verse. When we understand how we can participate in the greatest prophecy in the Bible, when the Lord spoke in Matthew 16, how he will build his church, but he builds his church through our cooperation by prophesying, by dispensing Christ through the exercise of our spirit. This is how we build up the church. And be you said, you can all prophesy one by one. For all may learn and all may be encouraged. That all may learn and all be encouraged. First, we need to learn. And as we learn, we experience, as we get to know the Lord more in different aspects, then we can actually be encouraged. And as we are encouraged, we can also encourage others. Okay, so that we may learn, so that all may be encouraged. Then C say prophesying, speaking for God, and speaking for God with God as the content. Minister God to the hearers and brings them to God. The church meeting should be filled with God. And all its activities he should convey and transmit God to people that they may be infused with God. Okay, then we come to this important point in D. Prophesying makes you an overcomer. 
prophesying is the function of the overcomers. You know, so brother and sister, we need to prophesy. I'm trying to end this speaking by 11.30 so you can all prophesy one by one. Okay, so be prepared. As Ezekiel was prophesying, God was blowing upon the dry bones, sending the wind, the breath, and the spirit. Okay. And then Ahir says, the Hebrew word ruah is variously, trans- variously translated as wind, breath, and spirit in verses 5 through 10 and 14 in Ezekiel 37. You know. In spiritual experience, when God blows on us, his breath is the wind. When we breathe the wind, it is the breath. And when, we, and when the breath is within us, it is the spirit. When Ezekiel prophesied, God blew the wind and the people received the breath. And the breath became the spirit, the life-giving spirit. Oh, praise the Lord. And then Deher said, prophesying in the meeting of the church fulfilled the greatest prophecy in the Bible. Oh, praise the Lord. We can participate in the fulfillment of this greatest prophecy, which is to build up the church in oneness as an exceedingly great army. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, so for us to be able to prophesy, we must pray that the Lord would give us the proper revelation so that we can see the economy of God, we can see what the Lord is doing today. And we too need to be constituted with the Word of God. You know, with the Word of God, we need to be constituted with the Bible, with the ministries. Okay, so that we can get into the riches and the depth that is in the Word of God. Okay, so we need to be, we need to see the revelation, we need to have such constitution, but we also need inspiration. We need to exercise our spirit, you know, so that we can have the inspiration of what the Lord is speaking at that point in time, you know. Speak what we see in the Constitution, according to the Constitution of the Word of God in us, or in the exercise of our spirit. You know, this is how uh, we can maintain to be a man of God with the breath of God to fulfill the eternal purpose of God. This is the God-man that we are talking about. A man of God with the breath of God. Okay, now it's your time.